Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. 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 Good evening, Khoyanand, and welcome to the Shahida Kali Show. In a very brief introduction to an interview done by my colleague, Widad Peterson, who is one of the producers at VOC, as she speaks with Leslie Thomas from FAMSA, who is a part of and a facilitator to the Men Stopping Violence group. The angle of the interview, however, continues to be toxic relationships at the hands of women. Enjoy. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I now speak to Leslie Thomas and he is from the Men Stopping Violence Group and he's the administrator as well as the facilitator speaking to us about this topic. Good evening to you, Leslie. Good evening. Leslie, I know that, uh, you know, we've touched on this topic last week and we've spoken about the male version of abuse and uh, we've had quite a big amount of response from our listeners um, who has commented, who has confidentially, um, you know, wanted to, to share their views and also share the, some of their journey and, and what they have been through with regards to abuse. So we know that this is a topic that does exist. It's something that is, it is there. We often hear about women being abused, but we also know that it is very, very common for a man to be abused as well. And that's why we have you online today. Now, I know you work with these cases all the time. Tell us a little bit about your position, where you work, and what what kind of work you do in the community. Well, yes. Like I said, I'm the, I, I'm the administrator, so I work with a men's stopping violence group. So basically, I work with men who have abused their partners. And what we do is we create spaces for men to look at why and where the abuse has started. And, you know, we, we come across that obviously it started in their childhood. Okay, so what we do, we ask men to, in a safe space, which is the first thing that we do, we create a space for them, but we also speak their truth. And by that we mean that we're not asking them to, to justify the abuse, but just looking at what made them become this person that they are. Yes. So we look at and we invite men to be able to just to speak about their journey. Okay. Um, so you're saying that you invite men to speak about their journey. Do you find that it's easy for men to actually get to that point of opening up about what they've been through? And that is, I think, that's, that's the, the first thing. When men, men have been gone through a lot of pain also. And so when they hear other men speak, so that's why I think it's very important that they create that space. Because what we tell men is that, you know, they have come to the group because they somehow abused their partners. Mm-hmm. And when we tell them that, it, you know, it's men, so we have a, a policy that says if we don't speak about our pain or transform our pain, we transfer it unto others. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why the men find themselves in the group, because they have transferred that pain that they went through unto their partners and unto their intimate partners. Yes. 
Um, now, last week on our show, uh, we spoke about uh, the um, dominating partner, which sometimes could be a, a contributing factor to, um, you know, um, the partner that's really dominating and the partner who somehow wants to take control. And we know as a man, that's that's part of what a man is, is always, um, you know, the, the male in the house, he's got a, a responsibility. And sometimes as women, um, you know, certain women do take advantage of that and we kind of take the role over as a man, you know. Um, does that sometimes, in your cases that you've dealt with before, is this one of the factors that could, you know, um, that men do open up about and, and, and that is a concern for, for, for men and, and for families? Yes, most definitely. Well, I also think once men speak about their partners, and I think it's more what triggers, because like I said, when you speak about what happened to men as in, in their childhood, as when they were being dominated or they've been abused, mm-hmm. so once the partner is becoming dominant, it, it reminds them of, of their past. So basically what it does, it, it triggers some men, and, that, and that's one of the reasons why we need to go back at why it is that men are interacting. And they are, they are sometimes speaking about the wives who are contributing and it reminds them of maybe the father or the mother figure that has been domineering and they were not in a position to defend themselves. And so what they do now, when they see that same woman, when they're triggered and the wife becomes domineering, it takes them back and that is where the, where the abuse Okay. So when we speak about emotional abuse, what is that like for a man uh, being emotionally abused? Because women, we're often the ones with the feelings and sensitive when it comes to our feelings. But emotional abuse for a man, what exactly is that? What are we speaking about? So basically when you speak about emotional abuse, women just as men also have feelings. Men are just asked to sort of protect their feelings and not speak about them. Mm. But deep inside, they also get abused. So when, when women, for example, put men down, when they say things like, you know, you're a sissy, or when they, when they pretend to be, you know, better than the man, or mm. in some cases, this is, yeah, this is the way we live now when women are earning more than men, and they also sometimes rub it in, in, in the man's face. Mm. So the man also feels that he has been, that he is being abused. Those are all things that uh, I think that we've touched on last week and it's so, so important. I'm sure our listeners would agree with me. Um, while doing some research for this particular interview, I came across many of topics that actually lead to emotional abuse and some of them are as simple as, you know, blaming the man, blaming the man for something he didn't do, um, treating him like a servant are some of the things that I came across. Also, um, spiritual abuses, I think that that is in the sense of forcing someone to be a certain way and um, you know the, the way that the man accepts this and deals with this becomes emotionally abusive for him yes most certainly and also because there's an expectation and unfortunately some women are also expecting the man you know to fulfill a certain role which mm. in some cases he's not able to so he's sometimes doing the best that he can and that's because of the expectation that is outside that men shouldn't cry so when some then some men sometimes start showing emotions that some women sometimes hold that against them, which is also a form of emotional abuse, and so they, they struggle to deal with it. And the only way they deal with it is to become physical. Yes. 
So, you know, um, there was a research that was done, a report that came out in 2006 that shows that um, it happens more often uh, than we would like to think. In a survey, about uh, 7% of women and 6% of men said that their partners had abused them in the past five years. So women who are abused are more likely to be sexually assaulted, beaten, uh, choked or threatened with a weapon perhaps by a man who is abused. They are more, uh, they're more likely to be slapped, kicked, um, beaten or hit or even have something thrown at them. Am I correct in, in saying this? Yes, most definitely. This is, you know, we hear this with women and we constantly hear about the stories that oh, this is usually happening to a woman or it's happening to a child, but very rarely do we hear about this happening to a man. Do you think that it's because of, um, you know, the ego and because they are really ashamed of, of them being a man and, and being abused in that way by a woman that men really don't speak out? Most definitely. And that is why, you know, when we speak, when we sit in this men's circle, so when I facilitate, I, I hear the men's stories and how they're going to be, but just because we create that space, you know, I almost want to say it's, it's, it's women have to listen to what men are saying. And the type of abuse that is happening to men, is, to women, is exactly what is happening to men. The only mm-hmm. difference is that men are not allowed to speak because of the same. But they go through, you know, we, we have a saying in our work that injured people injure other people. And so these men... It's exactly the same, but because of the media images and what is expected of a man, we, they are not speaking about these injuries and these things that they're going through, yes. but in the face they are able to do that. And today's society, uh, unfortunately, you know, the attitudes of our people really can make the situation a little bit harder. Um, our society is beginning to recognize and uh, and study the abuse of men by their partners. And society is also believing that the, the attitudes about men have kept this kind of abuse hidden. Would you say with the cases that you work with, you know, um, there are so much more men that, uh, that that's silently suffering that are afraid to come out because of what what society might think of them? Most definitely, most definitely. Um, also, maybe just to say that a lot of men, because again, and I, and I keep on speaking about the creating the safe spaces, so we hear that even when men are able to speak about the thing because of these spaces, they're actually encouraging other men. And they said that they find it very, very difficult to get the men to come to the mm-hmm. to also speak, because these men are also suffering in silence. Yes. And, and so we need more of these spaces for men to be able to speak about the, the abuse. And, and if, I mean, we are not there at the level where women are, where they speak about their things, and men are slowly also getting, you know, just with an example, the men that come to the group, a lot of them have been forced by the courts to come, but in the, in the recent months, you know, even up to a year, men have actually become are coming out of their own mm. to say, look, I need to go, I need to speak about my pain. And it's not because they want to Get back to their wives, but it's really because they want to start this process of having a relationship with mm. themselves. And they cannot, if they have this type of um, burden hanging on them or the pain that they've gone through. And now yes. there's a platform that is created for them to be able to do that. Yes, most definitely. Um, two men who, who might be listening this evening, um, Leslie, you work with these cases. Um, how confidential are their cases kept? Uh, in case people are thinking, you know, if I do come out to a group and, and find support and come out and in search of help, that, uh, you know, I'm going to feel ashamed about my story. I'm going to feel out of place when I do come and sit in a meeting. Um, what can you tell that listener who's listening right now? 
Well, that, that's, the, that's the one thing, and that's the most important thing that we said, and that is confidentiality, which is part of our group norms. Mm-hmm. So we, we make sure that, that whatever men say in the room, stays in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and so men are able to, to feel that confidentiality, or even in the space that we create, that they are able to speak. Mm-hmm. And also men are not forced to speak. So many come there, sometimes many come there and say, well, I'm not going to reveal everything. But again, because of the space that it's been created, men are able to speak. And yes. even some men are saying, look, that is, that, that needs to be out there. So they will speak. And we make sure that whatever is being put in the group, as far as we know, is, I mean, it's, it's, the group has been in existence for a very long time. And yes. so confidentiality is definitely a priority. I think that they'll be glad to, um, to 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 know that they'll come, be able to come out to to FAMSA if they should require a meeting or to attend this particular meeting. That whatever they share with everybody is confidential, and um, that is, I think, uh, might be a reason why people actually don't come out is because of the fear of what the rest of the world might think of them. Um, you work with many different cases, Leslie. What are the most common causes? Uh, would you say? Um, all the most common problems that you've heard of that actually leads to men being abused? Well, some of the most common causes men who have been abused as, as a child. And also the, the, the fact that so, so many men have been, you know, grow up without a father figure. So what it means to be a father, what it means to be a man, they find it very, very difficult. Mm. And sometimes these men act out because they, you know, they do the best that they can. We always say, you know, men have the best that they can and that's that's the way why we find that a lot of men are coming there because they did not know you know what it means to be a man and so the images that is out there you know they latch onto that and that's one of the reasons why it's very difficult for them to to speak about you know very difficult childhood things. Yeah. Leslie, we're quickly running out of time to, um, you know, to, to that person who might be looking for help, wondering where to go to, who can I make contact with. Please share the details of how they can get in, t- in touch with you. Well, they can get hold of me on my cell phone also, which is, you know, I'm sure I'm available, you know, from, from Monday to Friday. Anytime I just basically just to leave a message on my cell phone with, with the details I will get at seven. And then also at FEMSA, so basically they can get asked to the men's group um, coordinator. So we are two facilitators that is running the group. And, you know, I would encourage men to come. I also have some of the men who have been with us for quite some time that is also willing to to assist them. So we have a WhatsApp, the men have a WhatsApp group. So even if I'm not available, the men are always in contact with, with each other. So there's different ways, but it's just to get in touch with with Sanja, mm-hmm. and then we'll take it from there. So what I do is, I do just do an assessment, I do, do an assessment, and then you are welcome to join the group. Okay, thank you so much, Leslie. We hope to continue this conversation again. I know that uh, you know it's, it's a topic that we need a lot more time for. So thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us this evening, Leslie, and we hope that you have a lovely evening further. You too, and it's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Uh, That, of course, was Leslie Thomas, and uh, he is from FAMSA speaking to us on this topic of men uh, being abused. That, of course, concludes our conversation with Leslie, who has been joining us online from FAMSA. Big, big thank you to you. Until we speak again, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. 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 Good evening, Khuyanand Moweni, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali Show. So you would have heard the insert that we played for you just before the prayer time of Maghrib, and it was an interview done by Widad Peterson, who is one of the producers here at VOC and she did the interview and the discussion conversation with Leslie Thomas who is the administrator and facilitator of one of the groups at FAMSA and this group particularly um, is referred to as Men Stopping Violence Group. So the here's the the um, the focus of the group is to stop and you would have heard that the conversation would have led you to understand that he has the group in which men contacts FAMSA and the focus is if they mostly are the abusers that they can form a part of this group. Um, the Our focus since last week and this week would be and we continue to have our focus on toxic relationships we are now in the um in the part of the series where we are focusing on women as the uh persons referred to um you know for want of a better word as the perpetrators in these uh, toxic relationships so the abuse is would will be at the hands of women so we know that men are abused at times as well um, and this is not in in saying that it does not mean that we deny that women are abused at the hands of men a, a large percentage of women are abused at the hands of men seems that uh, Widad refers to research that had been done in which the the amount of uh, the gendered difference the amounts of people abused seem to be growing closer and closer in terms of men being abused at the hands of women she refers to different ways in which men are being abused and so we know that there is a lot of pain being carried by men when they are in these abusive uh, situations um, Leslie refers to when women and men are being abused the emotional pain that they feel are is similar 
So if we can relate to how it feels for a woman when she is abused, when she is being broken down, when her sense of self is being broken down, when she is being insulted and, you know, emotionally and physically and sometimes sexually and financially abused, you will have similar feelings that the man will feel as a woman will feel. Some of the differences or a a significant difference um, that men experiences when they are abused is that they experience additional internal stigma. So both groups will feel the shame, feeling ashamed, feeling self-blame, self-doubt, self-questioning, self-debasement, etc. A man very often additionally to that will feel, um, you know, am I, am I a sissy? I feel more ashamed because I'm supposed to be the protector. I'm supposed to be the one, you know, looking after my wife should she have been abused um, and I'm not able to look after myself. What uh, message am I sending to my children when I allow the abuse to happen? Um, I can never speak about it because I feel so bad. Uh, you know, men have a huge fear of being judged because of being a man if they are being abused. And one wants to say to the man, as much as we would say to the woman, when you are abused, you are not to be blamed for the decisions of the abuser who decides to abuse you. So that, you know, you need to know that if I'm being abused, I'm not to be blamed. What we do, and, and, and men have other experiences as well. So an example that I think last week was on, you know, one of the messages that were, uh, that was sent had described a husband going to the police station and reporting that he's being abused and the wife is present and she sketches a scenario that can make the police think that she's actually being abused. So if there's one word and, the, you know, two people's words, it's, what do we now do? Who do we believe? The likelihood that men will experience the woman to be believed rather than him is much more present. Women are much more believed as to be victims than a man. And so what happens is men then withdraw from a system where they could have been helped or where they are supposed to have been helped. Similarly, you know, in other circumstances, men have this fear that they won't be believed. Men has the fear that they won't be supported you know, um, because it's, how can it be? How can the man be abused? But we have to acknowledge that men are being abused as well. And men are being abused on different levels. 
you know. Um, and we've again last week it showed us many messages, and and we'd like to invite men to message us and share your pain, share with us what it feels like when you are being abused. What does it feel like in those moments? What does it feel like afterwards? What does it feel like when you hold the fear that you're not going to be believed? We know that when children even are being abused, one of the reasons why they don't tell or people don't tell when they fear that they will not be believed. And we see this hugely in the case of men being abused at the hands of of women. So I've had some messages of people who had already started to respond to the program. So I just want to say that I have quite a number of messages of people who had sent in the messages last week and we didn't get to attend to it and I'm going to attend to it, you know, starting after I'm, I've attended to these messages that had come through. But before I go to the messages, I would like to encourage the men. If you have by now acknowledged that you are being abused, please seek help. You are not a lesser person. You have not been devalued in the eyes of society. You are still a valued person. You are still a, a special person. You are still, still a person who deserve to be loved and respected. If you are being abused, it is wrong. You are being wronged. So you have a right and you have a responsibility to stand up and say no and get help. We are encouraging all human beings, if you're being abused, stand up and say no to the abuse and get help. You know, how do we change a situation if the dance continues between two people, even if it is a dance of abuse? So someone needs to break away and say, I need to break this cycle of abuse. So Leslie's group hugely would have would include men who would have consulted FAMSA, even if they were the perpetrators of abuse. And I commend those men who stand up and say, I believe I'm an abuser and I would like to get help. Leslie also refers to very, very, very often you will find that the abuser is someone who is holding a lot of pain himself or herself. So let's go to the messages that I've received now. The one says, Assalamu alaikum, nagging and swearing to men from women is a form of abuse because the emotional tra and trauma, trauma men sometimes have um, and then they find it extremely difficult to control their anger and I want to say and this is particularly why we, we wanted to do this part of the program because very often men will say I sit with the anger of being abused I can't take it anymore I'm on the brink where I feel like I can retaliate 
I can respond in different ways and of those ways might not be helpful. So containing your anger is critical in these circumstances. But that is not the only thing that you need to do. You have to get help for yourself and your wife. You know, when you, I mean, I know of of wives who swears terribly, terribly at their husbands and call them names and degrade them. And really, you know, it's horrible. It's horrible when you hear the words that are being used by a wife for her husband. And think about the children who are listening to these conversations and how unhelpful and how that breaks down an entire family. When you are abusing your partner, you are not just breaking them down. You are breaking every person in this family down, even yourself. So I want to encourage the person who sent the message Please go and seek out help. Please contact FAMSA and their number is 021-447-0170. FAMSA speaks about and attests to confidentiality, treating your situation with respect. You will be treated with respect. You will not be treated as if you are stupid or weak or silly or a drama queen or any of those those thoughts that you might describe yourself with. You are a person with legitimate anger and legitimate pain. But whilst we hold legitimate anger and pain, we have a responsibility to manage it in the best of way. So whilst you're angry, you have to be responsible and either withdraw from the situation or handle it in a good way but ultimately, I will say, breaking the cycle is needed, and that is the most helpful way, is actually to consult with a professional. I'd like to, and I, I really hope that I've helped you, inshallah. You know, the um, there was another message that I'd received, and this lady writes, and she says, I'm not a male. But since my husband has been cheating almost 10 years ago, so he was cheating 10 years ago, I throw it in his face whenever we argue because I can't forget his actions. Is that abuse? And firstly, I want to say I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry for the hurt and the pain that you've endured for so long. And there's a lot of there's a lot of circumstances and stuff that will hold the fact that you're still sitting with the anger because, you know, you continue to write that I'm still sitting with the anger. And and that's what needs to be unpacked, you know. Has your husband showed remorse? Has he apologized? Has he acknowledged that it was wrong? Has he promised it will never happen again. Have you seen that he tries very hard to make it better? Have you noticed his re 
his remorse. And if all of those have been present since the 10 years, then by now, absolutely, it sounds like you are abusing your husband. Whenever you throw the abuse in his face, and he has asked you maaf, and you have given him maaf, and you have chosen to stay with him, okay? Have you chosen to stay with him to break down and destroy your marriage? Or have you chosen to stay with him that the two of you can rebuild the marriage? So throwing it in his face all the time is not a part of rebuilding this marriage. It actually is hugely chipping away at your marriage, at yourself, at your children, at your husband. And so therefore, you know, the recommendation would be seek help to heal your pain. Okay? It, after 10 years, of course, you've not been able to try and, and heal yourself in this time. So it's going to be helpful for you to get help with a professional person who's going to help you to work through the pain that you still feel and to help you with managing the present. Remember the affair was in the past and what you're doing is you're taking the past and destroying the present. So now I'm speaking with you again if those four things that I've mentioned um, is present, you know, like your husband is trying. He really is trying. It's never happened again. He knows that you f don't feel well about it. He tries to hold your heart and you just continue to, you know, to abuse and abuse. Now, sometimes people hold on to the anger, believing that the anger is a protective factor of the marriage so as long as I am angry he will know I'm dissatisfied with it so it will prevent him from doing it again in fact it just works the other way around you can hold on to this marriage in love in support in forgiveness if you may in rebuilding in understanding in holding each other's hearts and you will be successful in rebuilding your marriage in that way as long as you hold this anger and you've held it for 10 years how can it take you to a good place and a happy place so I'd really want to encourage you and and my, my encouragement would be for you and your husband to go into therapy because one wants to unpack why you hold on to the anger, okay? Is it something that your husband is continuing to do that's, that's keeping the past alive? And those are the types of things. You see, as much as you have to have the responsibility to heal, he has a responsibility to make good by you. And if he continues with game playing and striaka and, you know, stunts that he's still pulling, then, then of course one understands where the anger is coming from. However, being in the situation that for 10 years you are still fighting to the level that you are, 
that that it, you felt compelled to write the message, I would just encourage you to get help for yourself. Really, and may Allah make it easier on you, inshallah. And may Allah heal the pain that you continue to hold, inshallah. So we need to take commercial news. And when we come back, we will continue attending to the messages. I'm going to start off with the messages that I've received last week. But I'd want to encourage you to send your messages through in regard to this program. Because, you know, sometimes people wait for so long and then they send the messages through. And then there isn't time to attend to the messages. I want to also say, do not send audio clips to us because we can't play it on the air we haven't checked out anything so we can't just put you on the air so I need you to text me messages and not send me audio messages live from Cape Town this is the voice of the Cape 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 And good evening. If you have just tuned in, we are focusing on and continue to focus on toxic relationships and be focusing on abusive behavior from the woman to the man, from the wife to the husband. For weeks, we first focused on the abuse from men to women. We are now focusing on women to men abuse. So I just want to conclude with um, the lady who had sent messages early on to say that he hasn't repeated it again. Alhamdulillah. I I get how sore you are, but he, absolutely, I think it would be so helpful for you to get a little bit of help through your pain and to look at other options and to look at the belief structure behind the anger like I said when we have anger anger has a purpose and sometimes we feel like the anger if I always show him I'm cross or if I always show him how sad and broken I am then in that way I'm going to you know help him to prevent him from repeating whatever he has done and and in fact you know you needn't hold on to anger sometimes people hold on to anger depression sick role um, to try and hold their partner in a certain way you can really really do that with love and understanding and forgiveness and softness you know and and holding each other's hearts inshallah then you continue to ask if you can consult with FAMSA, absolutely you can consult with FAMSA in regard to this type of behavior. FAMSA sees ladies, you know, have been victims of abuse and also abusers. FAMSA sees men who are victims of abuse and also abusers. So really FAMSA does excellent work. And I want to give you the number to phone is 021 447 
0120-110-0170. And you can make the appointment. That is their head office number. You can then make the appointment. And FAMSA has different um, satellite offices. So you could re- you could ask if there is for them to make an appointment with someone at an office closest to where you live. All right? You can request, you know, what you need, even if you are contacting FAMSA. They're very, very helpful. So then I continue and um, go to, and I said I was going to go to the messages of last week. So let me just go to the messages. So this first one was... What happened is that the husband don't want to go to the counseling for both of us. Um, And, you know, I think I responded by saying, if your husband does not want to go with you, please go alone. If your husband, let's assume your husband is an abuser, then what, you know, when you go, then you are attending to your pain. It helps you to unpack the situation in a safe space. You can cry your heart out, you know, with a therapist, but the therapist will also help you with skills, how to manage your husband to break the cycle or other options that are open to you. So on all fronts, you will benefit from attending the therapy and the therapist will help you how to eventually um, help your husband to agree to go with you. Inshallah. May Allah make it easier on you. Inshallah. Then I had a message that says, me and my wife has recently had a breakdown in our marriage. We're not as close as we used to be and communication is hard. I have a hard time um, to open to her seeking help. Okay, so, and I, I do think I might have touched on it, but I I understand if you've had a breakdown in your marriage and, you know, that you don't give details, but one can understand that the one, you know, it seems as if the two of you have decided to rebuild and refocus on your marriage. What is often helpful is perhaps you should have weekly or, or even more, going out, take your, you've got to rebuild. So when you rebuild, you rebuild small. Opening up to her might be difficult, but if you reconnect, then opening up becomes easier. So one focuses on the reconnection between the two of you. Hold a hand, kiss her, kiss her I was going to say on the forehead, but I much prefer to say kiss her on the lips because it's your wife. You know, put your hand on her shoulder, touch her hand, tell her, Boki, it's going to be okay. Let her see your commitment. Let her feel your commitment. Do things that that has not been perhaps the usual for you, but you want to rebuild and reconnect. So make her a cup of tea when she's in bed in the morning. Tell her, no, no, don't get up. I'm going to make you a cup of coffee. Put the coffee on a tray. Have a rose. Put it next to it. Even if it's a rose of a a bouquet in your home and you didn't have time to go out, it's the message. It's wanting her to see, I want to reconnect. I want to rebuild our love. I want to care for you. I want to um, be 
soft with you and gentle with you and generous with you. Buy her a chocolate, you know, and put it next to the coffee. You know, you have these P.S. chocolates. I always used to think the messages on there can be so cute. So it's like, I'm sorry, or baby, I'm sorry, or I love you, or, you know, I miss you, I miss our chats. And, you know, you can write little stick on messages for her she goes into the bathroom and when she wants to take her her toothbrush to brush her teeth there's a little sticker that says i love you sweetheart you know so those are the things that you start to do when you do that it will just become so much easier for the two of you to speak just focus on the getting closer the speaking, if needed to be spoken about, you know, things that issues or so, then when that happens, then my thoughts that are very helpful is, I call it issue conversations. Have a conversation once a week, let's say on a, on a, not a Wednesday evening, then you are, you know, listening to my program and engaging with me. So let's say on another evening in the week, um, you say between Maori and Isha, we will have issue conversations. It will be for about a quarter of an hour. It's never long. And then the two of you will write down one thing that you'd like to work on to change on yourself and one thing you'd like your partner to work on as an opportunity for change. Now you, you start the conversation with first the positive. Poki, by Allah, alhamdulillah, that we are together. Poki, I, I appreciate how much you're trying and caring. So you say some things that are, that are positive, that are warm, that are helpful, even if it's a dua that you make, even if it is Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. Then you will say, um, my change or changes that I'd love to to um, try working on is, and you can you can mention your own change, and then you can mention the change of your husband or partner, and you can mention it as if it is an issue and not particularly that person's stuff that they're doing. So instead of saying. Um, I don't, I'd like you to start knocking before you enter the room. I'm just giving an example, okay? Instead of saying it in that way, which means it could feel like a blame, a judgment, you could say, I would like that from now onwards going forward, if we can have practice knocking on the door when we enter, before we enter. So you're not saying you're doing it. You're saying, can we do that? Or can we not do something like that? Um, you could say things in the sense of, I have a great discomfort when doors in our homes are banged in a very, when, when we get angry. How to make it better? Could we be more mindful of that and try not to express when we feel unhappy in that way. So how to make it better, often using questions language. Do you think we could do this? Can we think about this? Is it something we can consider? Is this something we can try? Um, can we perhaps read these things together and see what do you think 
you know, of this suggestion. So questions language is actually very useful, um, you know. And even when you're wanting to say I'm happy and I'm, I'm unhappy about something, I often say when you look at what you're unhappy about and then there would be the preferred behavior, sometimes it's, it is more helpful to go to the preferred behavior instead of mentioning the behavior you didn't want. And in that way, encouraging the person to do more of the preferred behavior. Inshallah, may Allah help, you know, you and your wife in this process and in this journey. Remember when two people are working on their marriage, Allah is with you. This is what Allah wants from us, inshallah. Then I go to the next message. These are the messages of last week. I think I have two or three more and this one says my marriage ended in a divorce um, I was exhausted always had to please sisters and mother I was often accused as um, spoiled when I get something his mother always played sick to get attention um, and so the in-laws the women teamed up against me to alienate me now he is unhappy in a new marriage and I I'm the doormat for his wrong choices and I'm really really sorry about it I'm really sorry for your pain I'm really sorry for the journey that you have walked in this marriage and I want to say that not all marriages are like that I want to encourage you to heal your pain I want to encourage you not to use words for yourself as a doormat I would like to encourage you to say I'm a survivor of a marriage in which there was much unfairness and much abusive behavior but by Allah I am strong I was strong enough to leave I'm strong now to pick up the pieces I'm strong enough to be better for myself and and inshallah continue to make dua that Allah put in your life people with integrity that you always have a chance of happiness in the future work on yourself and getting yourself better work on re rebuilding yourself work on feeling the feelings that even though you have been treated disrespectfully you are still a person of value you are still a special person you have to give it to yourself remember Allah regards you as, as a special person you have to give it to yourself may Allah make it easier on you inshallah because it couldn't have been easy to walk that road in your shoes live from Cape Town this is the voice of the Cape 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 Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and we are still continuing to focus on toxic relationships. We have changed the focus 
But in this program, it seems as if we are having mixed focus, like we focused for four weeks on women as as the victims, and then we focused, this is the second week, of focusing on men as being victims of abuse. Um, many messages are coming through still for the abuse of women. I want to encourage men to speak up, speak about your pain, speak about the fact if you are being abused, and get help. Please get help. You're not a lesser person if abuse has happened to you. You know, when abuse happens to a person, you are not to be blamed for it. The perpetrator is the one who is has to take responsibility for the abuse that's happening. But the cycle of abuse, when you are a part of it, you too have the responsibility in looking after yourself, in having justice for yourself, and to break the cycle, to reach out for help, inshallah. May Allah make it easier, inshallah, on all the people who are in pain and suffering in this way, inshallah. So last week I had a message that says, Salam, what about men that throw in your face that he supports you financially? What kind of relationship is that? Firstly, and I so hope this man is listening at the moment, is shukran for the message because it gives me the opportunity to say in a, in a marriage where it is beautiful to show appreciation and gratitude and thankfulness to partners reciprocally, like if she makes you food and you say shukran sweetheart, it was so nice it was so lovely that's expressing appreciation and thankfulness when your husband nafakas you or, or gives you money or has to support you or has to pay for the rates or the whatever payment has to be made then it is good and it helps in a marriage to beautify the marriage to say shukran shukran sweetheart i really appreciated that you look so beautifully after me and our family the however in terms of the man who keeps on throwing it into a wife's face to say I'm supporting you financially is to say it is not by request of the woman for you to support her financially. It is by instruction, not even request. It is by instruction by Allah that you support your wife financially. So so that is just it, it has to be said clearly that Allah has instructed the man to nafaka his wife. So he's not doing her a favor. He's actually obeying the orders by Allah. And when he does that, it takes him nearer to Allah. It is a form of ibadah when you're looking after your wife financially. You know, it is so beautiful. So be encouraged to do that. But I want to say I'm reading just this message. I want to add things separately to this message. Sometimes in our lives today, women are abusing the fact that the husband must nafaka them. 
So they put huge stress on the husband to do things financially that they know he cannot afford, that is difficult for him to do. And he has to work himself to the bone. He has to work three, four, five jobs in order to um, satisfy the so-called nafaka needs of his wife. So I would also want to caution wives to say, when Allah put love and mercy in a marriage, it has to do with nafaka as well. You should have a gentle, soft, respectful approach towards your husband when you make it known what the nafaka is that he has to give to you, you know, because sometimes you see the excessiveness, really, and I see the pain and the pressure that it causes our young men. I see them in my private practice. I see how they come for anxiety management because the pressure is on them. You're supposed to nafaka me. You must just do. You know, and it's not quite like that. You know, it, you, you need to also put your husband in a context. If he's trying to do his best, you have to be appreciative of that as well. So nafaka does not mean excessiveness. Nafaka means in love and mercy, can I respect that which when my husband is doing his best for me? Inshallah, may Allah give us all guidance in this regard. So then we go to another message of last week and it says, my husband at any time will say, if out of my house, I served him like a king. Everything is on time. He eats in the dining room. He sits um, while I sit in the kitchen. Goodness, ya Allah. I feel like I'm the housekeeper. And I'm, you know, it feel it would feel like she's the maid. And, and then I have to treat him in that way. And when I don't, he is extremely rude, even though I treat him so well. So even if I'm not well, I must still cook and do everything. My dearest beloved sister, I'm so sorry for the pain that you are holding because of the circumstances you are in. And I want to encourage you to change the circumstances. You have every right as a human being, as a person, as a woman who has to respect herself, to say, I will not stand for this type of unkind, unjust, inappropriate, unappreciative behavior. As your wife, I I have the by Allah the um, position that needs to be respected and so my thoughts to you are to speak with either your children or an elder or the Imam you need to reach out and speak with someone who is able to speak with your husband and explain to him that what he is doing is he is moving further and further away from Allah because of these 
behaviors you know the the saying and understanding of you complete half of your iman by marriage um iman is actually when i marry and i treat my wife the way allah would like me to treat her that i'm in the process of the other the half of my iman that i'm completing iman being consciousness meaning as i treat her beautifully i am on my voyage to become closer to allah so please help yourself to change the circumstances my dearest lady and to help that your husband can be better for himself in doing what is right in treating you in a good way you know if that doesn't help then please seek help from a professional person please go into therapy that you will get the help to heal your pain and to help you to change your circumstances around i go to an, a next and last message of last week and it says i have a sister-in-law who always causes conflict since she's come into the family she rejoiced when i had a miscarriage she says unkind things um and so the message continues what i do want to say is i'd I, you know sometimes you have to sit down and you have to look at what is a good strategy for me to handle the situation though you are in pain and i applaud you for trying to work on how you going to deal with this i really feel like you need to sit down and you need to write down speak about your pain in what you're writing down ask allah to help you to heal your pain and then look at how do i boundary myself from the sister-in-law how do i prevent that she's able to cause trouble how do i prevent that her lies that she tells breaks down my marriage or me so you can boundary yourself emotionally you can boundary yourself physically you can for example instead of i mean you have different options but an option would be whenever you see your sister-in-law that your husband be present so that she's not just going to take a chance to do something or say something that is inappropriate when he's around but certainly strategize in terms of how do i look after me in relation to the fact that i have a sister-in-law that is so toxic and part of these programs in the last two weeks was to focus on how toxic some women can be you find it in the workplace you find it everywhere you find it with sisters blood sisters you find it with sisters-in-law you find it with mothers being toxic unfortunately sadly you know mothers-in-law daughters-in-law and you know us as women need to take responsibility for our behavior if our behavior is toxic we need to acknowledge it get help and change it change it around you're not gaining anything by being a toxic person who causes others pain i have received this is a message that i've received tonight and it says me and my wife are currently not on talking terms it's because 
um, for the last couple of weeks, we had some financial issues. But I've made amends because it was due to my errors. But somehow we're not finding common ground. You know, trust has been broken. And I'm so, so glad that you sent the message. Shukran. You've shown courage to do that. You've shown courage to acknowledge it's due to your errors. Continue to show remorse. Continue to be good with her. Continue to speak kindly with her because you need to win her heart again. Continue to make good financial choices. And even at this stage, if you feel you want to run it by her and say, sweetheart, I'm thinking of doing this. What are your thoughts about it? You, you need to reinstate that she can trust your judgment. But it's a doing thing that will take a little bit of time. Don't give up. Continue to do it and make dua and ask Allah to put the right words in your mouth when you speak with her. Always, I say, work on reconnecting. And by Allah, sometimes the other issues just fall by the wayside. You know, show her how much you care. Show her how much you love her. Inshallah. May Allah make it easier on you and her. Inshallah. So I continue, and this is a message that reads, Assalamu alaikum. I'm a revert who has been married for eight years, and this is my second marriage. I've not been the best of men, the best of husband or father for many years. October this year, my wife asked for a talaq, and I complied with her request as I do not wish to hold her back. But through this, I've learned that I'm indeed in love with her and wish to maintain the bond of marriage and grow in the deen, inshallah. She too have embraced the journey of seeking Allah, but is persistent that she wishes to leave. But I'm breaking each day and wish for nothing more than to grow in the deen with her and our children. I try daily a strong appearance, but inside I'm breaking by day and she's closed completely to me and does not wish to embrace the idea of growing together seeking the good together in the dunya and the best in the akhirah inshallah my thoughts to you are and shukran for the message it's a very encouraging message alhamdulillah you know we all make errors in judgment and it is wonderful if we are able to acknowledge our errors and then say how do i make me better to be better inshallah you know, when you've, when you've hurt someone to the point where they now feel that they need to move on, you can only treat them with kindness and gentleness and showing how truly and truthfully you are meaning what you say. Okay? Making her stay in the marriage or making her not leave is difficult now and you have to respect her you know if she's made a decision even though it would be will be a decision that hurts you but tell her i respect that you because of my doing feel the way you feel i am begging you to give me an opportunity to show you how much i want to change things around but I want you to understand that I understand that it is your decision. Let her see that you respect that she has to make that choice. 
that help her in treating her beautifully that you help her to make that decision so you can influence that choice but the choice is hers and dua dua ya, ya allah we must never lose you know faith in the power of dua plead by allah speak with allah cry by allah you know that allah must change her heart Make dua there. There are specific duas in which when you speak with her, that you ask, Ya Allah, put in my, my mouth the words that come from my heart, that holds your blessings, that will touch her heart, and, and that her heart will hold it in understanding and, and softness and gentleness. Inshallah, Amin. May Allah make it easier on you, Inshallah. So my thoughts are don't focus as much to try and hold her back from a decision. Focus on how do you influence that she chooses, Inshallah, eventually to stay with you. May Allah make it easier on you and your wife, Inshallah. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. 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 Welcome back. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and good evening. I'm looking at the time and then I'm thinking, oh my word, so little time left and so many messages still to attend to. And I want to promise you that I will take a picture of all the messages that I didn't do. And then inshallah, next week I will request to do a program where I start off attending to the messages that I haven't been able to because it's just going to heap up and heap up and you know I'm just not going to get through all the messages so let's just start off by attending to the next message that might very well be the last message and really I'm so sorry but let's just read this it says I need some advice Kanala. I'm with my husband for 43 years Alhamdulillah we've had our ups and downs but in the last three years things have just gotten out of hand we argue all the time now it's for weeks we don't speak anymore and he refuses to eat my food he comes and goes like he wants and he ignores me it's hurting me he doesn't want to go for help and we don't even go out anymore I'm so so sorry for the hurt that you must feel after such a long year years of marriage and you know that you've given yourself as a wife to your husband i'm really really sorry for the pain it must be very very painful what i would like to and, and immediately i'm thinking 
Yeah, I have my own thoughts. You know, when when a partner in a marriage starts performing like this, then I must admit I have my own thoughts, which I cannot just say um, on radio because it's my thoughts. But it sounds very, very fishy. When a man comes and goes, doesn't want to eat your food, doesn't want to resolve anything, goes his way and expect you to do that, then it becomes very, very fishy. And you can read in between the lines of what I am saying. What I would, because this is abnormal behavior. You know, people get cross, people have ups and downs, but people make up and they talk again and they do things together because they need each other. It really does sound as if your husband is putting himself in a position where he doesn't need you. And when he doesn't need you, begs the question of, okay, so why doesn't he need you? So I have to say I have my thoughts. However, I want to immediately go to, I want to ask children. I know that we do not want to involve our children, but when you're speaking of a 43 years of marriage and you're speaking about three years of things just going wrong, then your children would be bigger. They'll be mature adults. I feel like at times a mother has a right to sit her children down and say, your father will remain your father as a man to be respected and loved and, and revered. However, these are behaviors that your father has presented with for three years. And I am no longer coping with it. It is hurting me badly. I'm not sure how to handle it. Are you able to help me? I feel like sometimes men, or in this case, this man, because it could be a woman, but sometimes a spouse can do this type of thing because they can. He does it because he gets away with it. So you have a voice. Your children have a voice. Your children have the right to say, we cannot stand by and see our mother abused. So they have as much a responsibility to help you to turn this around. And if that doesn't change anything, because sometimes it doesn't, okay, then I feel after 43 years of marriage, you have to make decisions about different options you have in front of you. Because one of the options is, can I live this life like this and die? I will die. Every day I die in my marriage with this man. Every day my focus is so much on this that it hinders my process. And even sometimes it stands in front of one's closeness with Allah. I want to say to you, you have options of how you want to spend the last of your life. You have, I'm hoping, children. You have brothers. You might have a father. You have uncles. And all of them have a responsibility to look after you, you know. And if you're able to still look after yourself, great. But no person should take the abuse of someone who treats them as if they are nothing. Remember, I, the takeaway line I'd like you to think about is he does it because he can.
It is because he is safe in the situation thinking you will never stand up against it. You will never consider even to leave. And perhaps you should get some advice about your situation and also some therapy for your healing, inshallah. May Allah give us good guidance and make it easier on us, inshallah. Unfortunately, that is going to be the last message I'm able to respond to. I'm going to be taking pictures again, as I did last week, of all the messages that I didn't get to. And inshallah, will then focus on these messages in my program next week. I want to also say to you, if I have not covered your messages and I don't get to cover it again, please just send you, resend it, you know, because, yeah, don't, don't wait for me if I am taking too long to answer your messages then please just message me again in next week. There are so many messages and I am taking pictures of these messages as I'm speaking with you. I want to tell you that I'm in private practice under the name Shahida Abrahams and my number is 021-592-0563 and cell phone number is 83 Two double three four seven six nine. I want to wish you well because I need to leave, um, you know, as the next program is about to be started. So all the very, very best from me, Shahida Kali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and good evening. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. 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 The voice of the Cape.